and we are back. Y'all already know that's right. Back again for another episode of the Who You Love. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And as always, rocking with you. It's your main man for Ross in the building. And I got with me after the Thanksgiving holiday, my brother, my co-host, my partner. Stir to the fried tie. Tyler, how you feeling today, my brother? Oh, I'm feeling good, man. Full off life, full off love from the family. Happy Thanksgiving to all of y'all. And full off NBA content. We got a jam-packed episode. It's the NBA in a scoring boom. Best duos in the league. The meddling Pacers have found their backcourt of the future. Bubble AD is back and more. Keep it locked. It's the plug. I'm feeling good, but excited. You know what I mean? It's the World Cup season, but the NBA never sleeps. You know, so, excuse me, Got you got soccer during the day, football like the rest of the world calls it. Then you got NBA basketball in the evening, man. And uh, it doesn't get much better than that. Like you mentioned, we got a jam-packed episode. And uh, no better place to start it than in Boston, right? Uh, you know, there was a quote from one Luka Doncic who's been tearing up the league lately. And, uh, you know, I think he's right, but he comes out to say Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are the best duo in the NBA right now. Yeah. Is he right, Tyler? Yes, I mean, I, th- I think he is. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they're the highest scoring <laughs> duo. And so they got that in the bag at the very least, 55 points per game. That's, that's hefty, hefty, all right? And <laughs> heavy is the head that wears the crown. You know what I'm saying? They're coming off a finals appearance. No, they didn't get it done. But they both showed why they deserve to be on that stage. There's the reason. They are the reason. Boston has become an offensive juggernaut and the league's best or second best, let me clarify, offense. You know what I'm saying? This is not how they won last year. It was all about defense. That defense has regressed to the mean, but that offense has made up for it tenfold, okay? They are lights out on the offense. Malcolm Brogdon has helped, but it's not about him. It's about their two big dogs, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, just getting buckets. That's facts, man. Jason Tatum right now really taking that next step. If he did it last year, the year before, he's definitely doing it this year, averaging 30 and a half points. And Jalen Brown not too far behind, right, averaging 25 and a half points. So they actually broke 56 points per game, right, between the two of them. So if you want to get technical, technical, you know. And this squad has looked amazing because of it. Uh, You know, one of the best teams in the league, uh, the second best offense in the league. And, you know, they really got to tip their hats out to them boys, the young bucks, the young dogs. I mean, not so young anymore, but for their time in the league, these guys look like they've been here before. You know what I mean? Well said, and we can't just anoint them as the best duo in the league without telling you who the, the competition was that they're facing. So me and Faraz going to run through our top five, see if we agree or if there's some conversations to be had on how we dole this out. All right, number one, we agreed. That's JT and Jalen Brown. Number two for me, I got KD and Kyrie. We know what they're capable of. KD, one of the best scorers just to ever lace them up. And Kyrie, the bag is deep. And when they're on the court together, they're scary sight. They're putting up 55 a night. If they get the opportunity. Correct. Correct. I mean, I'm with you there. You're not going to get too many disagreements from me. And I think you feel the same way as me when I say this. Um, this is only because of the season that has been going on currently. right? I think typically KD and Kyrie definitely get the number one spot. Right. But Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum playing, you know, some of the best basketball career highs for the both of them. And Kyrie not there, you know, just coming off of some suspension. So um, I say all that to say this. The only reason why I think they're in that 
Number two is because they haven't been playing to the best of their ability. So I just wanted to put that out there. But, normally, you know, KD, Kyrie, anytime you got those two names together on the same squad, they got to be the best duo in the league, you know? That's facts. And another credit, it would be the emergence of Jason Tatum on the defensive end. Jalen Brown's been that. But what we saw from him in the finals last year, what we saw from him that whole playoff run and how that's carried into this year, uh, that two-way nature kind of edges them out right now, at least for the time being. Next up yeah, on that list yeah. is because someone else that had a little resurgence, and that's Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Notice I said AD first. Man, there is Yo. a changing of the guards in Los Angeles. I know he just came off 39, but bro, Anthony Davis has been balling. We're going to get into that a little bit deeper in a later segment of the podcast, but bro, Ron and AD are ringing in at number three for me because AD has put the bubble hat back on. Yeah, man, and I think, honestly, that's the way that it's supposed to be. I think LeBron is happy about that. LeBron is almost 40. He doesn't want to be the number one option. He doesn't want to be carrying the load. He wants to still average his 23, his 25, while getting damn near 10 assists a game. He wants to be able to facilitate while AD is carrying the bulk of that, you know what I mean, at 30 points a game or whatever it may be. So uh, great to see. To me, if we're going off this season, I wouldn't necessarily put Brown and AD as three just yet because of how good other duos have been performing. But if we're talking about just all-time, just the name value, right? Bron and AD is definitely going to be up there. So so you got Bron AD, you got Zion, Brandon Ingram, right? Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons. Big shouts out to Anthony Simons, man. Really, the two to that one-two punch with Damian. Even, he's been hooping, bro. He's been hooping. Damian's out, but still averaging 26 a game. Not too far behind Tatum and Brown. Well, man, big shouts out to... Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland, man. I mean, these guys aren't the KDs, the Kyries, the Bronze, the ABs, the Zions, right? But they've been absolutely hooping out there in the land, and I think it's it's fair to give them their just desserts. And then, I mean, Harden and B, PG-13, and Kawhi, like, I don't know, man. I mean, Kawhi's obviously been dealing with his injury issues, and B's been hooping, Harden. I mean, the, you could you could get a little bit more from the both of them. So all that to say this, I think at any given night, those last three spots, four spots are really like a toss-up, if you ask me. Like, the talent is so good. And in terms of the discrepancy in talent, if you just, like I said, if you take this season out and you just look at the names, obviously you're going to have a certain ranking. You're not going to get any disagreements from me. But I think with how much the game has developed, you know, the development of the three-point line, some of the rule changes that have occurred, games are competitive. Teams are competitive. And, you know, the top-level talent, there's, it's so good. It's so good. And the, the amount of work that these guys are able to do on a night-in, night-out basis, it's amazing to watch. So that's just how I feel about kind of the like three, four, five spot and then the spots after, if you want to say six, seven, eight. Like, it's a toss-up for me, you know? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, if you were to tell Clippers owner Steve Ballmer <laughs> that PG-13 and Kawhi would be fringe top five duos in the league, <laughs> probably look at you like, what happened? <laughs> did someone's knee fall off? Like, did someone tear yeah. an ACL? Well, that'd be half right, because that's the only reason they haven't been in this mix. And for only one of their years yeah. together in the Clippers, they've even qualified for this conversation due to games played. The injury yeah. thing just sucks, but it's really hit Clippers nation. Like, like a bonfire. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it, but then, all right, Harden and B, they're having their own struggles. You might even consider throwing Tyrese Maxey in that conversation instead of James Harden. Because he's Seriously. averaging 24 points per game this year. Anthony Edwards, Carl Towns, I like it on offense. 
but don't talk about that other side of the court because I don't think they qualify. So for the top five, for me, we're splitting hairs here. You're right. But after KD, Kyrie, Tatum Brown, Bron AD, I'm throwing Ice Trey and DeJounte Murray. I know that kind of contradicted myself on defense, but DeJounte Murray does <laughs> play it. I know Trey. And Trey Young makes up for it on the other end. And um, I got to go Zion and B.I. Zion and B.I. They're not averaging 25, neither of them. But I'm not convinced they won't get up there. They're, they're both sacrificing for the greater good. Um and they've beaten a lot of good teams this year. I, I really like how that's fitting. And I could understand yeah. someone saying, okay, Donovan Mitchell and Garland deserve to do that. They have a top three record in the East, I believe. They've been balling. Garland's only at 17 points per game, but he's a true playmaker. He's missed some time. So I, I see that there. Dame, again, missed some time too. So um, that's kind of disqualified them in my eyes as well. But that rounds out yeah. my, my top five. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, KD Kyrie, LeBron AD, Ice trade to Jonte Murray and Zion. Yeah, <laughs> can't go wrong with that. Can't go wrong with that. Um, you know. And again, man, you gotta gotta give Trey and Murray their flowers, no doubt. Um, they've been hooping, absolutely hooping. Jonte Murray moved into the Atlanta Hawks is probably the best move he could have ever done for his career because he was gonna have a slow and painful uh, death over there in San Antonio. You know, so Where glad souls to go see to die. That. Where souls go to die, and that's Timmy D, Tony Parker, and Manuel there. Uh, yeah, with all that being said, though, moving on. So we talked about our, our dynamic duos, you know, some of the guys making up some of the most dynamic players in the league. Um, but now we look at some of the top point-per-game averages, some of the top scores in the league, man, Ty. Is that mean a scoring boom right now? Yeah, man, when you look at that stat leader column, you would think, how could they not be? Because this is the first time in a long time that we have six players averaging 30 points per game, and we're quarter of the way through the season, bro. This is not no chump change. This ain't a small sample size. I'm talking about 25% of the league has finished a quarter of their schedule. Five of these six guys, too, are doing it, shooting greater than 50% from the field. So it's not just, yep. I'm going to get them up <laughs> on my mamba. <laughs> no, this is efficiency. This is high skill. This is true talent on display in the league and at a greater level than the NBA has ever seen before. That's facts. That's facts. I mean, you mentioned, you look at the top guys. I mean, it's rare to find that you have one or two guys scoring 30 points a game, like you mentioned, but to have six. And I mean, Lucas got 33 and a half. Steph's got damn near 32. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Hats off to him, man. Matter of fact, if we're going to really be talking about dynamic duos, and I might be crazy here to say this, we really got to talk about him and Josh Giddy because the work that they've been putting in for OKC has been crazy this season. I mean, listen, the record doesn't reflect it. They're a bunch of young bucks with not too many options outside those two guys. But they've been doing it. And I mean, Shea, man, 31 points a game, third-year guy. I mean, that's not something to be laughing at, right? Just, a, just 0.1 points more than the next guy, Giannis. Jason Tatum at 30 and a half. Donovan Mitchell rounding out the top six, averaging 30 points a game. Man, just to be in the, that conversation, you know, it, it speaks to the tremendous level of talent that Shea has, SGA's got, right? But to step away from that for a second, people have been getting buckets, man. Ty, what do you think are some of the possible reasons as to why we have, you know, six 30-point scores, 25% of the season underway here, you know? 
Yeah, and and like you said, some of these guys, these names aren't names you expect to like fall off a cliff, uh, barring injury. I, I could imagine us finishing the season with four or five guys averaging 30 for the year. I think it's because of two reasons, bro. One, the elimination of the take foul. I know you're like, whoa, there's not that many fast breaks. But guys, just remember how much that happened. Like it was happening four or five, if not more times per game. And you take all those out, those are, like I said, advantages for one team on the court. And, and they're capitalizing on them at a higher rate. That, in turn, has resulted in a faster pace because the game isn't being stopped. And the clock keeps running. More possessions, more opportunities to score more buckets. <laughs> so I think it's all correlated. The elimination to take foul, the increase in pace, and six guys averaging 30 going bananas. Yeah, the take foul plays a big part. I'm very happy that you mentioned that. Um, you said it occurs multiple times every game, every year for 82 seasons, excuse me, 82 games for 30 teams. Do the math. It starts to add up. So I think it's a good rule, and then it forces people to play Real defense or to actually make an, an actual attempt. You know, uh, some some people were against it in the beginning, but a majority of people were for it. And it shows uh, that it has benefit benefited the game to do that. You know, the pace is up in general. Like I, like you said, like I said, the elimination of the take file. It's just been leading for a uh, more conducive environment to get buckets. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I'm here for it, man. This high-octane offense, as long as we rein in the three, which I feel like, I mean, as long as there's not like 50 three-point attempts per game, we have a little bit of balance. We still got DeMar DeRozan's in the league. I think it's, I think yep. it's good. I think it's good for the game. Let's get into this, okay? Because we're going to give some love to a team that deserves it. Yes, they don't get enough attention. They don't get put in the spotlight. But the Indiana Pacers have stumbled upon something that's going to be very important for their near future, okay? Because that bunch, the blue and gold, has found their backcourt of the future. Tyrese Halliburton and Benedict Matherin have been balling. Yep, you said it. The Indiana Pacers, a team that has been slept on. Uh, it always is going to get slept on. I mean, no one's really looking for Indiana. Let's let's keep it a stack here, you know? Um, state When it comes to basketball, we know it's great. It shows in its college teams, and it shows in the uh, competitive history of the Indiana Pacers. They've taken a step away. The last real successful team they had was those Paul George, Roy Hibbert days uh, when they were going head-to-head -head in the Eastern Conference Finals with Brown and them. It's been a long time since, you know, and I'm glad that the Pacers have finally decided, you know what, we're not going to meddle to be a French playoff team. Let's actually try and do the thing here. So, you know, they got rid of Sabonis, brought in Halliburton, drafted Matnerin, and this duo has been looking dynamic. I mean, you mentioned Halliburton, Baller, we know what he does leading the league in assists right now and, and doing his thing, a 20-plus point-per-game scorer. Benedict Matherin coming in as a rookie, not looking so much like a rookie. I mean, you know, a couple, couple of things he done, he's done that you're like, okay, rookie move. Remember when he was, uh, when he tried to, not tried, but he went for the steal at the end of the game, just trying to get his stats up like it was my player. But other than that, you know, he'll learn. The guy's a bucket, you know, has a presence on that team. And, and Halliburton and Matherin, have a real connection that they feel, you know, a real chemistry that they've been building so far. So they can continue to build on this. I see them being a successful duo in the NBA for a very long time to come. Yeah, and let's let's remember uh, Halliburton trade. We were all clowning the Kings because they got the bonus, DeMontis Sabonis for one of the best guys from the class, if not number one, then top three for sure. Um, yeah. And he's been 
like I said, balling, one of the league's premier playmakers already at this young age. I mean, he's got the the know-how, the see the step before it happens, and it's in a wiry frame at 6'5", 6'6". And then Benedict Matherin, he's doing this 17 points per game off the bench. Off the bench, okay? He's the only one pushing Paolo Benjero for Rookie of the Year honors. He's a bucket at the two guard with that prototype all-star level athleticism. And he's got a fiery chip on his shoulder. He is what you want out of a blue chip shooting guard prospect. And you pair that alongside a playmaker that's not quick twitch, but is smooth and crafty. That looks a lot like some of the best backcourts we've seen in NBA history. So I I like what they're building down in Indiana. Um, You got your backcourt set. We know it's a wing game. So if they can get those guys set, some switchy uh, 6'8 to 6'10 defenders that could shoot, get it off the dribble, they'll be back right back into that playoff mix out east. Yeah, and I mean, the Pacers are never a team that you ever expect one guy. I mean, even when they had Reggie Miller, Reggie Miller was putting up 20, 20 and change, 22, 25, outside of, you know, those couple prime years in his career. They, he had help. You know, the Rick Smiths, the Jalen Roses, the uh, the uh, former coach of the Warriors. Help me out here, my brother. Um, point guard. Um, Mark Jackson? R- no. Mark Jackson. Yeah, yeah Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson. Right before Steve Kerr, right? Oh, yes, right. That's right. Mark Jackson, Mark Jackson was, was a point guard. Yeah. Yep, yep. So I say all that to say this, never really relied on one guy. So, I mean, like you mentioned, you we know what they need to add on. You, you add on a couple of team first, strong role players, even maybe a potential all-star, fringe all-star and a guy. And this Indiana Pacers team is right in that conversation. I mean, maybe not talking championships here, but definitely talking playoff contenders. No doubt about it. Yeah, and there's only a few coaches in the league I have disdain towards, and it's not because I know any of these guys, but it's because of the stories I hear about them. And Rick Carlisle made my list, okay, because Luka Doncic had some not-too-nice things to say about him, not because of how he treated the all-star Slovenian, but because of how he treated his brothers, not respecting them, double standards, just not nice guy things. And Benedict Metherin has, at least in my eyes, earned to come into that starting lineup I mean, I think he had, they have Buddy Heald in front of him, who maybe, just maybe the front office is like, hey, we need to trade this guy, so we got to keep his value up, and you do that by being in the starting lineup. But if that's not happening, and Rick Carl is just like being tough on another young guy like he's been known to do, uh, man, free Benedict. Facts, <laughs> facts. Um, yeah, man, and it's sad to see because a guy like Kobe Bryant, for example, right, if he had gotten a little better, a little more minutes earlier on in his career, you know, the first two years in his career, barely saw the floor during the regular season. I mean, definitely that second year got a little bit of time in the playoffs, but imagine where he could have been. And you never know, right? Sometimes, yes, I understand. You got to, you got to know your role and you got to earn your spot. But at the same time, if you're that good, you're that good. You got to give it to him. And I think Benedict Matherin so far has been showing that. You mentioned the 17 points per game off the bench, right? So, uh, big shouts out to him. He's giving Paolo a run for his money. And I like where this Pacers team is headed behind this one-two punch. Facts. Hey, Lakers fans. <laughs> we saw it too. Anthony Davis is back. Let's go. Bubble Boy is back. And he's got <laughs> a vengeance. Okay, he got bullied the whole offseason when he told the world he doesn't play basketball. And now he took all that fuel and turn it to fire. Highest scoring big in the league. Highest scoring big in the league. That's the guy we used to know. Tied for best 
rebounder in the league. That's the guy we used to know. Okay? He's still Correct. throwing up bricks from three. He's shooting 20%, <laughs> but it don't matter. That's the best part. Boy is a bucket. Boy is an absolute bucket, man. You mentioned it. Averaging 26.3 points per game, 12.8 rebounds per game, 1.6 steals, 2.2 blocks, thrown in two and a half assists a game. I think it's fair to say AD is back. AD is hooping. I don't know what happened over at Staples Center. I mean, cryptocurrency <laughs> arena or crypto.com or whatever it is. But something's working over there because Anthony Davis is back. Yes, sir. And we love to see it. We love to see it. Dennis Schroeder is helping him out. He's finding him on picking pops. I mean, the guy is catching lobs again. He looks a little faster. You know what I'm saying? Especially than the chubby AD we saw the last two years. But I think he has benefited by this increase in pace, y'all. I mean, they're getting up and down, and he's right there with them. And this is a wing league. We're seeing a lot of these big men that have been dominating the heavier ones, the Joe Embiid's, the Jokic, start to get nagged by injuries. Anthony Davis has shed the weight, and look what it's done for him. Yeah, it's been great for him. He's able to get up and down the floor. You mentioned it, three points. He He's not shooting a three-pointer as well, but if you look at his attempts overall, attempts are down. In general, only one or two a game as opposed to three to five a game as it was before, which I personally think is a little too much for him. And, yeah, it shows being able to get up and down the floor, averaging 26, 25-plus points a game, something he wasn't able to do the last season, something he wasn't able to do the last two seasons. So big shouts out to AD, his ability to – actually work out this offseason after he got bullied, after telling everyone he doesn't, <laughs> um, actually turned out to work out in his favor. So, yeah. And, I mean, with LeBron coming back off injury, I think the Lakers have won five of the last six. They're on their way. They're on their way to potentially being a seventh seed. <laughs> Thank goodness that Western Conference has not gone anywhere since they were struggling to figure it out. It's still wide open. The Warriors are in something like ninth or tenth place. There's a chance for them to find and regain control of their season. No doubt. No doubt. So, if there's anyone you want to see do it, it's the Lakers. So, shouts out to them, man, over there in La La Land. Shouts out AD. Shouts out LeBron. Let's see if they could do it, man. You don't ever want to see a guy like LeBron. You don't want to see it with Kobe. You definitely don't want to see it with a guy like LeBron. Losing at the back end of his career. I mean, yeah, the individual stats are nice or whatever. We all know what you can do. But, I mean, you want to be able to see them at least compete, whether it's somewhat superficial or not. Like, at least compete, you know. So, I think we're seeing that here. LeBron's got a lot more in the tank. AD shows that he can be a top five guy in the league one, once more. He must have heard our last pod, so. <laughs> Word. <laughs> I, hey, man, I hope they keep it up. I hope the Lakers become a threat in this Western Conference. And I hope y'all enjoyed today's podcast, man. That's going to do it. Another episode of the Hoop Plug in the Books. But before we get out of here, we want to once again tell y'all, check out EvanAlexanderGrooming.com, the best men's hair care, skin care brand in the game. Promo code Hoop underscore plug underscore at checkout. Yes, sir. And as always, don't forget to like, subscribe, turn on post notifications. You know what I mean? Don't want to miss out on any who plug specials any who plug fire and as always guys thanks for tuning in and put some flavor in your ear peace